The Razorback baseball season is in full swing this year, and they have a big series coming up against Ole Miss at home, Baumwalker Stadium. And you really don't want to hear me talk about Razorback baseball. You want to hear somebody that actually knows what they're talking about with Razorback baseball. And who better than former Razorback Matt Goodhart as he joins us here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks. Your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I'm also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 103.7 TheBuzz.com. Razorback baseball is in full swing, which we know so many Razorback fans are excited about, especially with this year's team. Maintaining that top five ranking, having some ups and downs, but definitely getting the job done. And we're going to talk about this season as well as a lot of other things with Razorback baseball as we welcome in former Razorback baseball player, Matt Goodhart, who joins us on the podcast. And Matt, really appreciate you joining us, man. How you doing this afternoon? Man, I'm happy to be here. I'm doing just fine. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And, and in fact, I'm, uh, I was kind of laughing because I know that uh, you're very active on social media and talking with Razorback fans and everything. And I, I I want your thoughts on this to start because I feel like everyone got so spoiled from last year's team where they won every SEC series. And there was some tough games. There were some tough matches, not to say there weren't. But then this year comes around and the expectations are high, making it to Omaha and everything. But Arkansas's dropped two SEC series. And it just seems like, when that happens, people are like, oh, we need to change pitching. The hitting is trash. It's almost like I feel like some fans maybe just got spoiled with last year's team where they just expect to win every single SEC series. Man, you know, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. And, and you don't just have to go back one season either. Go back to 2018, right? You go back to a 2018 team that if you just look at that lineup, you see – big leaguers you see pro ball guys you see guys that didn't end up playing professional baseball very long but were still extremely successful in the highest you know the highest level of collegiate baseball that there is being the sec right so yeah you go back three four five years and look at what what is what the standard is for razorback baseball and you know I, it's hard to, you know, I hate to say spoiled, but that's a good way to put it, I feel like, just because it, the standard prior to this year has been set that this team is going to be one of the best in the country every single year, you know? And it's not that they're not still, by the way. I think that's, I think a lot of people lose sight of that. This team is still ranked, I guess, I think it's sixth. I actually didn't look before I got on here, but. I did look at their stats compared to every other team in Division One baseball, by the way, and they're not bad. They're not bad at all. You go and look at some of the individual statistics, you know, like, I mean, they're top, top five in the country in both fielding and pitching. Out of 295 Division One teams, top five in two of the three biggest categories that there are, off, you know, defense and pitching, and yet – we have a bunch of people that are very, like, verbatim worried about this team, right? That That's the part of it that doesn't make sense, you know? And anytime that I'm speaking with people, I feel like that gets that part of it gets lost in the fact that 
the offense is under spotlight because the defense and the pitching has been so phenomenal, right? They're fielding nine, I, w- I want to say it's like 985, which is good for fourth in the country. They're pitching, their ERA is under three as a team. That is exceptional. I believe that's sixth in the country behind teams that, by the way, don't face the offenses that, that Arkansas faces, right? You know I mean? You have, say, you know, no knock on any of the other conferences out there, but they're not facing Florida and then A&M on the road. They're not facing Ole Miss in three back-to-back-to-back weekends, right? So, uh, you know, I, I – I don't think it's fair to just simply judge the offense without taking into the context of what all is going on with the entire roster. Well, and obviously you, you put out the stats there and the numbers always speak for themselves as, as the old cliche goes, but you were on last year's team and you see this year's team and I, you know, you know, it's always going to have some comparisons, even though there's a lot of the players who are on this current roster that were on the team last year, obviously, but what do you see from this year's team? Like, what, what are some of the differences? You mentioned the, the, the numbers there, but is there anything that really stands out to you as far as the difference between this year's team and last year's team? If we got into the, the, little, the little nooks and crannies of what is different and what isn't different, the, the setting in which you play every single year is going to be different, right? Whether that's where you play, uh, you know, outside of the home games being at Baumwalker Stadium. You know, you're going to play at fields you've never played before, despite the fact they're, you know, the same team, the same lineup. You know, they're, nobody on that, you know, nobody in that lineup has played at Florida before. I was there for three years and never ended up at Florida. It's just the way the scheduling works. New settings. That, that, that kind of stuff matters. Every little thing matters when it comes to baseball, you know, and I feel like that, all, that also gets overlooked, right? Um, and then on top of that, we're talking about a new season with, with new teammates, a new a new dynamic entirely, despite the fact that there are still many of the same players. It's a new dynamic, you know, because you don't have Golden Spikes candidate, your Golden Spikes candidate, what am I saying? Golden <laughs> Spikes winner, Kevin Copps, to come in in the fifth and finish the game. You don't have Wicklander. I mean, you kind of have something similar in Connor Nolan right now in terms of how successful he's been, but – Something that we we slept on last year was the fact that Wicklander was one of the best arms in college baseball. You know, it kind of got overshadowed by the fact that Kevin Copps put out a historical year. But Patrick Wicklander was a cornerstone of this pitching staff. And without him, I don't know what our numbers would have looked like. I don't know where we would have ended up because he was a, a very, very big part of what this team did as well so one of the things that sticks out to me is the depth of the pitching that's there now right one of the things that um i can't remember who brought it up early in the year was that we went out and got a bunch of transfers i say a bunch of transfers we went out and got several transfers and they were almost all offensive transfers which told me a lot that told me that coach van horn had a ton of confidence in the guys that he had coming in that weren't transfers, right? The freshmen that were coming in that we've seen in Tigert, um, Hagen Smith. I mean, these guys are freshmen. They have never pitched in the SEC before and look how well they're doing, right? They're not afraid of anyone. 
that's fun to watch. You know, they're out there pitching their first year like they've been doing it for a long time. And I, you just can't expect that. You can't expect that every, you know, every single season. And, and, and then on top of that, we go to the guys that were already in the program that have developed into really, really key pieces of of the uh, the rotation and the lineup. You know, you've got – I mean, Gregory didn't have nearly as big a role last year as he has this year, in my opinion. And, you know, it, it's just kind of mind-blowing because of how good he is, right? I mean, his quality of bat percentage, if you go and – take the at-bats where he did something that helped out the team, his quality of bat numbers are insane if you go and look at them, you know, and and he doesn't play every single day. That's the part that's mind-blowing to me. Well, and on top of that, too, when you talk about Dave Van Horn and the team that he's put together, like 2018 obviously was a, was a phenomenal year. 2019 still made it back to the College World Series. We didn't get a 2020 season, I'm sure, as you remember very well. And then in 2021, there's just the historic run that they went on. It's incredible where, I mean, obviously the only thing missing is that college world series title. Like they, they've the Razorback baseball team has accomplished so much, but what is it about like right now where it seems like Dave Van Horn, who's been a great coach for a long time in Arkansas. Why is it like right now that he has just hit it where over the past five years, it's been just stringing out big leaguers, stringing out golden spikes, winners, stringing out, SEC championships, like what? what is it right now and why is the Arkansas program right now hitting its stride? You know, I don't think I can just answer that question with just one thing, right? Because I feel like in order to have such a dynamic program like Arkansas baseball, a lot of things have to go right, right? Um, you can start off with the fact that as Coach Van Horn has progressed throughout his coaching career, He's gotten smarter, obviously, right? Not that he wasn't a good coach earlier in his career, but one of the things that he's done that is, in my opinion, incredibly smart, borderline genius, is his ability to hire a staff around him that maybe isn't something that he is an expert in. So, for example, hiring guys like Nate Thompson and Matt Hobbs and other guys under the radar that that don't get the notoriety that they deserve, like um, Phil Sibuhar, who is now at North Carolina Charlotte, hitting guy there, and Zach Barr, for instance. And I'm sure I'm leaving guys out, but these guys are absolutely at the top of their, you know, at the top of their field in regards to things like data and analytics and communication. Like they're as good as they get in that regard and the part of the genius in it is that coach van horn knows that baseball is progressing into an era where these things can be utilized to make a team better so that opens up a lot of doors you op you open up the door to the analytics side where you can use these analytics and you know the science and the nerdy stuff to make your team better for one right but also it's a recruiting tool for a number of reasons because the team gets better recruits want to come play in a program that is notorious for for one winning and two for developing players into big leaguers as you stated whenever you asked the question guys start you know it, it's it's kind of the whole you never hear a crap rolling uphill <laughs> right <laughs> yeah yeah all yeah, this that... stuff all of this stuff comes together 
and forms the dynamic program that we see today. We'll continue our conversation with Matt Goodhart here in just a second. But first, I got to tell you about Built Bar. We know that during this time of year, we're still going to trying to get ready. We're always on the go. We're getting ready for spring. There's a lot of vacations going on and everything. We need something fast, convenient, and something that tastes great that makes us keep that energy up throughout the rest of the day. And that's what Built Bar does for you. They come in so many different delicious flavors to choose from. And the best thing about it, it's only 130 calories with 17 grams of protein. And it'll help you out trying to maintain that beach bod. It's beach bod season. And that's what I'm maintaining and trying to do. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. But Built Bar is definitely going to help me along the journey. And if you go to Built.com right now and enter promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order. It doesn't matter how many you order from Built Bar. But we know that it is always going to be a great deal. It's going to keep that energy going. It's going to keep that protein going. And it's going to be a great deal for you. So I encourage you to try it. Head over to Built.com. Enter in promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order you are locked on razorbacks your daily podcast on the arkansas razorbacks part of the locked on podcast network your team every day all right we're speaking with matt goodhart former razorback baseball player here on the locked on razorbacks podcast now matt i think a lot of people are curious in what you're doing right now because obviously uh, you know, you're, you're still with the, the, you're just, you know, pretty much removed from the baseball team just from last year. So it's not like it's been a long time that you've been away from Razorback baseball, but what's going on in Matt Goodhart's life? What's the, what's the baseball career looking like right now? Yeah, I appreciate you asking. Um, I take off the beginning of next week to go play with the Lincoln Salt Dogs. They're an independent professional team in the American Association. And, um, I, I'm looking forward to get to keep on keep on keeping on and you know keep competing is, is that in nebraska is it lincoln nebraska or where's i'm assuming it sure is okay. it is they play their uh they play their home games at the university of nebraska um for for those who don't know a little side note where coach van horn used to be the the field is actually designed by coach van horn and the home field is actually the exact dimensions of mom walker stadium so I'm going to feel right at home, except in a you know different part of the country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. that's awesome, man. Yeah, because I think that's always been curious, too, where, you know, in, in baseball especially, and I've talked to other former players, too, and I've always just been curious about with, with kind of your journey and being a Razorback, I know that, uh, you know, you, you obviously came – you're from Arkansas. You're from the state of Arkansas, and uh, you went to community college to start your career, and then you head over to Arkansas. But what was kind of that journey like? You know, being from Arkansas, going to community college, and then coming to Arkansas with the recruitment from Dave Van Horn. Just kind of walk us through that process and what that was like. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, you, whenever it's all going on, you hear all sorts of narratives about this and that. And, you know, I, I don't even know what all the public believes. But basically, coming out of high school, I didn't have a whole lot of love from really anyone, honestly. And <laughs> And I was really just looking for looking for a stepping stone, looking for a place to go and a place that I thought would open some doors. So um, through, you know, one person led to another and I ended up working out at San Jack or San Jacinto College. For those who don't know San Jack, it's a really, really good junior college baseball program in Houston, Texas. And uh, they've got they've got a guy coming to Arkansas next year. Um, they send guys all over the place every single year and um, ended up heading out there and uh, produced my freshman year, left after one year, went to Arkansas for 
the for the next three years and that was that um it was, it was pretty interesting you know i uh, i didn't i didn't go to san jack assuming that i was going to transfer after one year to arkansas right a lot of people a lot of people are under this impression that growing up in arkansas that i was a huge you know that i was this biased razorback fan and that i wanted to play in front of that fan base and that kind of thing and this is absolutely no shot at the fan base or the university of arkansas whatsoever right it's not like that my my dad coached at southern arkansas university division two here in magnolia and i grew up a division two guy to be frankly honest i grew up you know <laughs> around that and around my dad and um it's not that i didn't care about any other baseball or anything like that but that's kind of what i had my sights in on just because that's where my dad was and anyway next thing i knew i realized that i was to a point where i wanted to put myself in the best possible position that i could to play professional baseball and through that i thought that going to a junior college and then transfer transferring to either a really really high-end baseball program like arkansas or honestly signing out of San Jack my freshman year were going to be, you know, two of my better options. And, you know, about a little over halfway through the season at San Jack, you know, I got in touch with Coach Van Horn and uh, at the time, Wes Johnson, and they started recruiting me pretty hard. And I decided, hey, if, I, if I'm going to want to do this, I'm going to need the experience that the SEC provides. And one thing led to another, and I was a Razorback. So I feel like if it was me, and this is just me, like I was almost be like having a little chip on my shoulder of like, hey, I, I've been down, I was down here in Magnolia before, and you didn't want me, you know, like coming out of high school, but now all of a sudden you think I'm good enough to come up. Like, did, did that ever like enter into your mind of maybe having a little bit of chip on your shoulder, saying, hey, you know, I was, I've always been this type, this player. You just, no one was giving me a chance, but now suddenly you want to have me. It kind of, I don't know, I kind of feel like that would fuel me a little bit and motivate me as well. <laughs> I mean, yes and no. Yes, in the sense that it wasn't just Arkansas. I didn't get much love from anyone. It wasn't just the in-state school, you know. Um, I, I, I feel like every baseball player that plays at a high level thinks that they're a little bit better than they are <laughs> because they have to carry that confidence onto the field to be successful. But at the same time, like, I feel like if you don't play with some sort of chip on your shoulder, then you're a little behind the eight ball because there are plenty of guys that do have the chip on their shoulder that are motivated every single day to go out there and beat you down. <laughs> <laughs> well, and on top of that, too, you know, you mentioned Dave Van Horn and him, his persona in the media when we get press conferences, when he comes on my show or whatever, um, very, very kind of direct smart guy kind of you know he loves just i think one time he he called in on my radio show do an interview and he was on his tractor like just like mowing grass like he's just hanging out so he seems like just a, he's a baseball guy so that's the persona that we see from him but as a player wh what is it that you see or you saw from dave van horn when you played for him was there stuff that stood out was there because i've heard stories i've heard the man he'll get after some guys if they're not they're not doing it right but what was it like playing for Dave Van Horn and, and some of the things that you remember about him? It was a lot like you described in that regard. Um, Coach Van Horn's just a leader. He, he, he's a good leader. He leads by example. Like you said, he's really, really smart. He's really intelligent. 
Um, he knows the game inside and out. You know, he's forgotten more about baseball. You know, the, the whole he's forgotten more about baseball than many people will ever know. You know, and you know he brought it every single day. He wasn't that. He wasn't that coach that some days it's just like, ah, just didn't feel like he wanted to be there because there are those guys. You know, there are those coaches that are just like, ah, we'll get our work done and you guys get out of my sight. You know. It wasn't, it was never that way. Not one time. It was always, we were there for a purpose. We were there to get better every single day. We were there to be as good as we could be as both baseball players and human beings. And I think that that's why another reason why coach Van Horn is such a terrific coach, right? It's just because he always gets the best out of his players. We continue our discussion with Matt Goodhart here in just a second. But first, I got to tell you about betonline.net, the number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. We can find all the latest sports developments, leagues, news, and reviews, all that fun stuff, as well as this year's basketball playoffs, as well as the start of Major League Baseball season. With betonline.net being your continued source for all sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, from esports, and to so much more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to find out all about the trends and actions at betonline.net where the game starts. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, continue our discussion with former Razorback baseball player Matt Goodhart. Now, now Matt, I'm curious because I, I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm like, okay, as soon as you leave, it's like the – you know, the new facilities come in, the new practice facilities come in there. It seems like the NIL has really become rampant in college sports. And you see a lot of guys kind of, you know, being able to benefit that. I hear, and I guess it was reported yesterday, that the NCAA is going through a lot of overhauls where one of the things they're proposing is not limiting scholarships and not, you know, that stupid 11.7 scholarship thing they're actually going to be providing or be able to provide full scholarships for full teams like baseball and softball and all those things. It just seems like there's just been a lot of changes with the NCAA in particular from just the past year. What you're seeing from it, obviously I think you're for a lot of those changes, but is there anything that you would like to see the NCAA do from your experience as a college baseball player uh, really hammer or change or adjust or add? Like just kind of what would you think would be really great for college baseball players? Oh, wow. That's a tough one. Because um, so many things, are, like you said, are changing already. Man, one of the things that, and this, this I wouldn't even say directly applies to the players themselves, but I think there needs to be a third paid assistant. And the reason for that is the more, the, the more really, really good coaches that you can have on staff, the better your program's going to be, in my opinion, right? And you got guys like, oh, and shoot, I left out one of one of my favorites, Bobby Wernis. Oh, yeah. Coach, I mean, that's just another tremendous example of someone that brings something to the table every single day, right? And normally that position's a volunteer assistant job, right? And it's really hard. It's really hard for any of the coaches that aren't one of the main guys you know, the two paid assistants and the head coach to, to survive without, you know, without some sort of real income. And, and obviously I don't know every, all the inner workings of all of it, but 
I think that that's something that could change and that there's no reason that there's not really any good reason that we can't have that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I just, you know, I, I look at some of the things that are changing, some of the major things that are changing and, you know, I try to be a centrist on everything. I see, okay. I could see how that benefit a lot of people, but I could also see how this would hurt a couple of people. Right. Mm. And then what, you know, whatever the case may be, but, this is one of those scenarios where I don't see this hurting anyone. I, I, you know, I just, I've thought about it for a long time and it's one of those, you know, why not, why not help people out kind of things? So that's probably the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. Cause I, I, I started thinking about it too, where I'm like, hold on a second. So you're telling me that, uh, and I'm using just him as an example that Peyton Stovall, uh, the freshman first baseman can make money on NIL, but, the first base coach, Bobby Wernis, you know, who's right there, can't make any money from like that. That, that was like, it doesn't even compute. I was like, how does that make sense? Which I know the NIL right. is a new thing too, but I'm like, that's so, so what is, I guess, does Bobby Wernis need to sign an NIL deal? Like, can, is that something maybe he needs to do? <laughs> like, can he, can he still be, uh, still be a part of that? But I think that that's something else that they're adjusting to is, is a lot, leaving it up to the conferences to decide about the third paid assistant which I think we all know that in the SEC they, that will be approved immediately. So, yeah, that, that would be uh, something that's great, too. And, you know, I just I don't know. I feel like college baseball has become a lot more popular. I know it's more popular in the SEC and in, in the Big 12 and, you know, in the Pac-12, there's a few. But it just seems like it's a sport that just continues to grow at a rapid pace. And where I'm and I'm honestly curious about this, too, in your in your thoughts. I feel like there's more players that maybe coming out of high school that could go pro that could go into the minor league system, but instead choose to go to college because facilities, because of support, because of NIL, like I'm feeling like there might be a lot more great elite players who come out of high school choosing the college route rather than going straight into the majors. Right. That's, that's something that, my opinions kind of changed on as time has gone on. And obviously since I've been at such a, such a terrific program, like, like Arkansas, um, the NIL thing is going to affect a lot of that as well. I believe in terms of making, you know, just making money to live off of because, you know, not every single person that signs and plays at a high college level comes out of a, you know, a beautiful suburban home and, you know, has everything lined up and has an, an incredible, you know, it's just loaded whenever they go to school, right? Not everyone's like that. And some people are really relying on an income as soon as they can. And there for a long time, that influenced that decision more than than a lot of things, right? And even to the point where some people were having to choose whether or not they wanted an education altogether versus making enough money to live off of. And I think that that, that shows the, the potential benefits of the NIL stuff the, and the progression of what college athletics in general has taken. And, you know, like I said, that being a good thing. Um, and, and, you know, you, you kind of touched on it, but some of the other things that are benefits of taking that path, going and playing at a really good program before going and playing at a professional level are for one, establishing the connections and friends and family that you develop whenever you're in one of these programs, right? So during the off season, for me, 
I can go and train at Arkansas at one of the greatest facilities in all of America, better than the ones I had in pro professional baseball. And under coaches that are as good as they get, you know, profession, professional clubs are, are taking these coaches. You know, you saw that with Coach Johnson and you see this with, you know, the strength coaches and just all the coaches, honestly. Hmm. You know, these professional organizations are seeing how well these collegiate these uh these collegiate programs are doing and they're like okay we need to get some of that going because this is this is what's producing success right and you know going to a program like arkansas allows you to establish those you know those relationships like for one for example mine with strength coach blaine kinsley Blaine Kinsley is as good as it gets when it comes to strength conditioning. And another reason that Arkansas is successful year in and year out, they, you know, the fan, the fan base kind of overlooks the, the names that don't get, the, like I said, the notoriety that they deserve. That guy works relentlessly to put out the best athletes that he can put out every single day. I've seen it for myself for three years. He works as hard as anyone, including the players, if not harder. Right. You know, it's it's establishing, you know, relationships like that, that not only benefit you for the time being, but also benefit you in the future because you have those relationships to fall back on. And, you know, I, I you know, I didn't get to spend as much time as I wanted to, it, you know, in Fayetteville during the offseason, but I got to spend a decent amount of time training in the new facility. It's unbelievable, you know. Uh, it's just another thing that brings in really good players to programs to be successful. Guys like Peyton Stovall, like you mentioned, the other freshmen that could have signed and made way more money than I've ever seen. But instead, you know, they came to play in an environment like Arkansas, you know, and like that's kind of another thing that another point that kind of baffles me is you, you know, not to knock on any fans for any program whatsoever, but they they get they get upset by the performance of some of these new guys that are new to such a high leverage, you know, such a high leverage atmosphere and setting, and then they aren't successful every single time, like like they feel like they should be, and they get upset about it, and then they don't realize that hey, this isn't you know an eighteen or a nineteen year old kid. Fresh out of fresh out of high school, that played in front of, you know, he his last twenty seven games before he came to play in Baumwalker Stadium were in front of thirty parents and four area scouts, where they didn't take admission. And then, you know, they they expect them to come in to the greatest, you know, the greatest collegiate environment that one can ever create, and expect them to be perfect. That that to me is not fair for, you know, for whoever you want to, whoever you want to pick. All right. Yeah, so I last I was rambling there. I apologize. No, no, no. <laughs> it was great. That's exactly what I mean. That's exactly what uh, I, I know. A lot of people were curious about too, because I agree with you too. It's like sometimes you almost forget that at the end of the day they're still kids, you know, and that you know even though in Arkansas you know this is our pro team, you know that's all we got. This is it. But you can't treat them like professionals all the time. You got to be able to understand that these are still for. Uh, kids fresh out of high school so but uh, my last one before i let you get out of here matt and uh if you don't want to answer it i understand but i'm going to give my answer 
Uh, I hate Ole Miss baseball. Uh, I, I hate the TikTok videos that they've always made. I am I am taking so much joy out of them being the dead last team in the West, even though they got to play this week and they're still a good team. Uh, Tennessee baseball is starting to bother me. They're really good, but you know they're they're woofing in the daddy hats and the big fur coats and all that stuff is kind of strange. But you know that's I, that's me. But for you, when you were at Arkansas, was there any particular SEC team that you just mm, every, like? Whenever you were about to play them, it was. A little extra energy, maybe you circled it a little bit. Be like, these are the guys that I, I definitely want to make sure that we take care of business. Was there any sort of team that you had that vibe with while you were at Arkansas? You know, that one, I don't know if I can say just for one team. You know, there are teams that they, they kind of all start out very similar. And a lot of the rivalry that you see – throughout fan bases and stuff like that a lot of that is created by fan bases not necessarily by the programs themselves and you know up you know i going into each going into each series it wasn't a oh we're playing this particular team we need you know we need to have a little extra whatever you know a little extra motivation or any of that kind of stuff at at arkansas that's not how and that's not how Coach Van Horn runs things, or any of the coaches for that matter. It's a, hey, this is the enemy this weekend, and they're going to get our best shot day in and day out. It doesn't matter if they're wearing orange, burnt orange, powder blue. It doesn't really matter. We're the, we're the Razorbacks, and they're going to get out. They're, they're giving us their best shot rather than the other way around in our eyes. Yeah, it's probably the fair way to look at it. I'm just going to keep on hating those teams because they just drive me up a wall. But that's okay. That's what makes it fun. Gives a little extra energy. Absolutely. You know, a little extra, extra boost there, too. So uh, it should be great. Well, Matt, man, I really appreciate you joining me on this podcast, dude, because I know that uh, with Razorback Baseball going on, it's uh, it's always a lot of fun to talk baseball, especially with former players. Uh, good luck with your career, man. Good luck with your next stop up there in Lincoln. And uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. And for anybody that's on watching or listening to this podcast, you can follow him on Twitter at Matt underscore Goodhart. Check out his great stuff that he's talking about Razorback baseball, man. And good luck, though, Matt. We appreciate it, man. Have a great one. Yeah, hey, I appreciate you having me on and let me let me rant for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely.